A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron. On this week's episode, I was lucky enough to be joined by Usman Khawaja, the run machine in the form of his life, ahead of the third test against Pakistan in Lahore. Usman is playing in the country of his birth for the first time, and so far this series, he's piled up scores of 97, 160, and 44 not out over the first two tests. He was kind enough to take some time out ahead of the series decider to talk about the first two tests, his improvements against spin bowling, the secrets to his fitness and being able to bat for nearly 10 hours, as well as his love for tennis. Quick single, and he's yelping. What a superb performance. Magnificent work from Osman Kawaja. 100 in the home of his birth. 97 in the last test. He's gone all the way this time, and this... As a moment, he's going to remember for a long, long time. It's his third hundred. Osman Kawaja, welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. This is an intimidating one for me a little bit as I'm interviewing not only one of Australia's most prolific batters at the moment, but also a much more accomplished podcast host than I am. Is that is that fair to say, Uzi? I'll definitely be critiquing you, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty good behind the mic. So, But this time, this time it's your job. You have to do all the questions, all the hard work. That's true. I do prefer that. Do you want to give a quick plug to your podcast? More into the YouTube space now, so I do my own thing. It's it's a bit easier. I get a bit more fun. I like video too. I like being able to to do this kind of thing and actually see rather than just hear. Sometimes I was uh, I was having a look a little bit earlier actually at your YouTube page, and it's that was definitely the best Saklane Mushtaq impersonation I've ever seen. <laughs> I used to bowl like him a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, my little office, yeah. My brother used to love him, and I used to obviously watch a lot of. Um, Pakistan cricket because my family supported Pakistan in the early days. Um, so, yeah, I watched a lot of Suck Lane. Funnily enough, he's the coach now. I don't know if you model your, your off-spinners off him as well. I remember Matt Renshaw saying a while ago that, um, like, he would just watch different off-spinners and then try and bowl like him in the next game. Yeah, I think it was an amalgamation. I probably started off like Suck Lane and then Swanee weaved a web at me during 2013, Ashes. So I went to Swanee action. Um, and now I'm sort of in between more of a Jadeja slash Swanee somewhere in between there. So yeah, it changes when you don't bowl a lot, you, you seem to tinker a fair bit. So yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm literally just imitating other people when I'm bowling most times. I've got a lot of imitations. Yeah. No, you're pretty good at them. I'd, uh, I'd urge our listeners to have a look on um, Uzum Kawaja's YouTube page. Uzi, um, give us a sense about what Pakistan's been like. You've been there for a couple of weeks now. You've obviously Played the two tests and the, and the series is nicely poised at one all going into your final match in Lahore. What's it been like playing in Pakistan? The noise, the pitches, the the food? Um, give us a sense of it. Uh, noise has been very loud. I feel like they might have banned horns in India, but they haven't yet in Pakistan. So <laughs> they just hear horns the whole time. Even when you're running between the wickets a couple of times, I remember telling Steve, he called yes. I'm like, you even call? He's like, yeah. I'm like, man, I can't hear you. He's like, man, I, I screamed out. I'm like, okay. 
And then I went down the other end and I hit a shot and I went, no. And he came over to me and he was like, yeah, you're right. I can't hear a thing. Sorry. So the horns are bloody loud. Um, no, it's been awesome out here. Um, we haven't had to be, you know, to go outside and to do all those other things, but um, we've had a golf simulator pretty much every time. Davey, Davey Warner's taking charge there with Starkey. Um, you know, we've got other things, table tennis, pool. We even had a tennis court in the last uh, hotel, which was awesome. So a few of us tennis boys who bring our rackets with us wherever we go, um, played a bit there. Uh, we've had plenty of things to do. Um, the food's been great. I think the boys have been really happy with um, the food. Um, obviously, being Australian, we, we love our meat, and the meat here has been great. Um, I think that's probably uh, made the boys quite happy. Uh, you keep them happy. You keep them full. You keep them... Uh, eating well and trust me they're, they're happy very happy chaps so uh, everything's been going really well um, yeah look I think uh, the tours expe- exceeded our expectations so far I do want to ask you about your diet in particular because I, I was watching something else on your YouTube page where you talked about that but but hold that for now um, it, I found it really interesting was he during one of the uh, I think the maybe before the first test the press conference you did and um, the Pakistani journos asked if you'd take a few questions in, in Urdu and you, you were very generous in, in answering them. My question is, are the Pakistani players sledging you in English or Urdu? <laughs> uh, probably both. I think Shaheen's been saying a few things. But <laughs> he actually speaks Pashtun, so uh, I don't understand a word of Pashtun. So uh, no, it's, they're pretty good. I think Rizwan can speak both Urdu and Pashtun. He's probably the most vocal behind the wicket. and He's, he's KG. He speaks doesn't speak in Urdu all the time because he knows I understand. Um, sometimes I can make out things, what he's saying, but not always. Uh, so, uh, no, they, they've, been pretty, they've been pretty good. I think it's been a combination of English and Urdu for about all of them. I imagine it might be a little bit off-putting for them because a lot of those teams right, kind of rely on, you know, being able to speak and, and you guys not being able to understand them, right? Yeah, I think majority of the world, mm. pretty much everyone, because they don't really play India much anymore. So... No one would really be able to understand him. Maybe, you know, Maureen Ali or um, Adil Rashid from yeah. England probably yeah. be able to understand him, I think. Uh, trying to think of anyone else. And you know, maybe maybe someone, uh, Imran Tahir from mm. South Africa. Uh, there'll be a few, but, yeah, I think it's a bit odd for them to play against Australia and have someone else who can actually understand what they're saying, uh, especially when they're batting or bowling. It's uh, um, Yeah, it's a little bit different for them. I think they forget sometimes too because I can hear some stuff that they probably don't want me to hear. You uh, you have spent a lot of time out in the middle, Uzi. Where did that that first innings in the Karachi Test rate among your Test innings, mate? Um, it's hard to rate, honestly. Every every Test hundred is it's pretty unbelievable. It's a great feeling. Um, you know, first innings runs and to do it in Karachi, where my whole family's from, um, would have been awesome to get it in that first Test match doing Ralph Pindi. Uh, would have had two now, would have been, you know, it's funny how you can score 97 and still feel a little bit empty. It's, it's, it's amazing you do all that hard work. I actually thought that innings, you know, I really enjoyed that innings. That's one of my favourite innings in Raul Pindio. I felt totally in control. Um, you know, where I wanted to hit the ball, I hit it. Um, where I was trying to hit a four, I hit a four. Um, doesn't always happen that way. So I might have left a few runs out there, but um, the Karachi innings was awesome because there was a lot of ebb and flowing. I started off really fast and then um, the reverse swing came into it um, and then spin came into it. So uh, that innings was nice, just the ebb and flow of it. But, yeah, look, I, every every game, every run I score, it's, it's, it's a bit of a bonus. I love playing cricket. Um, you know, I take it as... Um, one day at a time. This is a cliche, but I do, and I'm enjoying it at the moment. 
you, you've played in a few tests now of uh, speaking about the Karachi one and I guess the the finish to it. You, you've played in a few of them where you guys have been, I guess, unable to to knock them over um, on the final day. What did you put this one down to and were there any similarities to the previous ones you'd played in? Number one, first and foremost, credit to Pakistan. Barbara Azam played unbelievable um, along with Abdullah um, and Rizwan at the end. Um, they blunted us out. Uh, the three right-handers, as to say, if you look down the line of the left-handers day on that day five, an absolute minefield. They could not land a ball for a left-hander that wasn't in the rough, but the right-handers still had pretty clear way there. Just the way the traffic went, all our left-armers, even their left-armers bowling to the right-handers were around the wicket. So for left-handers line and the right-armers were still coming over the wicket majority, uh, especially us bowling to them. And I think our, our bowlers hit the crease a little bit harder than they're just because they're a bit bigger. Um, and they have a lot of right-handers. So a lot of foot traffic went towards our left side. So it's funny how the game panned out. And it's obvious that a lot of their right-handers found it a little bit easier than the left-handers. The left-handers didn't score a run in the second inning. So um, I think that played a part in it. Um, you know, obviously we toiled for a long time, had our opportunities. Um, you know, credit to them, five sessions is an unbelievable effort. Um, people can talk about the wicket um, not deteriorating, but I can tell you it deteriorated. They battered mm. extremely well. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we kind of did the same thing to them in Dubai a few years ago, um, and they done it to us. Um, and that, yeah, that's the beauty of Test cricket. Um, you know, you just never know what to expect. You can think on day four, Australia's got five hundred lead. Um, we should win this game, and it doesn't work out that way. Um, I think that's why everyone loves Test cricket. I do have to ask you about. I know it's probably something you don't want to relive, but the the drop catch right at the end there where. Um, the people watching at home are going to be wondering why you were why you were wearing a helmet. Um, can you explain why? I was in close and I just went out. We were trying to save. We were trying to keep uh, yeah. Rizwan on strike. Um, I even said to Patty, I went up to him the ball before and I said, look, you got a left-hander at the other end. We need to bowl a leggy. And Shwebo couldn't bowl because he bowled the over four. And I'm like, you probably need to keep Rizwan on strike here and to bowl Manus. Um, the other end because we just need a leggy into that rough. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And then I went back to my mark, sort of still had the helmet on, not thinking too much, and the ball was hit to me. And then <laughs> just the way the game goes sometimes, uh, tired legs, day five, near the field, long time. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, we'll have to take it. But I guess we had other opportunities throughout the day too. Um, you know, a few drop catches earlier on, um, even the day before. Um, a couple of 50-50 umpire calls, you know, if they were given out, uh, one to Barbara Azam off Lino and another earlier one of Schweppo um, where he had two reds, but the third umpire's call was because he was too far for DRS to to make the decision. Um, but it, was um, it was umpire's could, call on that, wasn't it? Like it was yeah, if you'd given it out. It, yeah. yeah, if you'd given it out, it was out. Um, the umpire obviously thought... It wasn't hitting the stumps, um, you know, hit in line, um, pitched in line. It, the DRS had a smack into the stumps, but DRS can't. We all know DRS can't give it out once it's three metres. Even we were talking about that before we went upstairs. So it was just one of those things that, um, yeah, look, we got a couple of 50-50s that did go away. There were umpire calls in the first inning. You just have to accept and cop in the chin. I know that um, that well, we all know, having seen the um, the Amazon doco, that JL made you guys watch the the Headingley game the day after. I know this one wouldn't have been as traumatic, but was there any um, you know any sense of that from from Ronnie trying to make you make you watch it all? 
No, not at all. Ronnie's, um, you know, Ronnie's been through a lot. He's a pretty experienced cricketer, um, experienced leader. Um, I think at the end of the day, we played the game really well. We had the processes in the right. I think we did, you know, the right thing in terms of batting again, giving our bowlers just a slight bit of rest that night and then coming back hard rather than making a follow on and possibly trying to win the game batting last, which would have been very hard. Mm. Um, yeah, look, everything was done right. It's just test cricket sometimes. It's, uh, yeah, you can you can do all things right and certain things don't go your way. You don't take certain chances and opportunities and, you know, it's, it's, it's test cricket for a reason. It's the best in the world. Pakistan's a very good cricket team um, and they played an extremely good game. You've faced a lot of spin over there in, in Pakistan. Um, I guess you faced a lot of spin throughout your career and especially when you played in Asia. I was interested by something you said, I think, in that press conference that, um, I mentioned earlier where I think you said something like you, you'd learnt not to bat how other people wanted you to bat. What did you mean by that? Um, I guess everyone's trying to be really good and helpful. Coaches are always really helpful. And um, the game has changed whether people like to admit it or not. Hmm. Um, not in terms of, you know, still bat first ball. I think red ball cricket is probably the game that's changed least, obviously. Um, when you talk about, you know, white ball games definitely changed a lot. Um, red ball game still about discipline to a lot of extent. But, um, you know, I think the way people bat now, the way they score, the way the fields are, um, you know, if you, at some point, a lot of the old school mentality doesn't really work as well in this day and age. You know, you got DRS now, so you can't just take a big stride of the ball and get hit on the pad, which they used to do in the olden days. Because if mm. you do that now, people just review DRS, you're out. So, um, you know, a lot of ways about how to go about it's changing. You now I got a lot of advice from a lot of people, all being really helpful, trying to trying to get the best for you know, trying to have the best for me. But at the end of the day. I had to figure out myself. I had to figure out my own way. Um, you know, whether I succeeded or failed, um, it had to be on me, the onus. Um, you know, I could try to do what everyone wanted me to do, but, you know, if I fail, I fail. It doesn't really make a difference. So I guess for me, after failing a couple of times, I had to figure out, you know, how do I want to play this game um, overseas? What do I want to do? I think it, it was a bit of a double-edged sword because I guess people – um, you know, a few, 10 years ago, like, oh, yeah, it was, you know, can't play against spin, can't do that. And then at the time, I guess I was scoring a truckload of runs, but then I go to India um, and I get dropped. I wouldn't play. I've been, I've been two test tours in India, eight test matches, and um, didn't get picked twice, once under Mickey Arthur and once against Darren Lehman, and then um, played in Sri Lanka, a couple of test matches and got dropped again. Mm. Um, it's very hard, I find, as a player to learn that way too. Um, if you're not getting the backing of the coaching staff and the selectors at the time, it's very actually very hard to keep on improving and learning and developing and trying things. So funnily enough, I, I just went back to Australia and worked at it. Now we had a few A tours away subcontinent where I, you know, try to implement those things. I did it successfully, um, but I did it my way. And then finally, um, you know, getting opportunity um, overseas um, in Dubai, um, you know, JL kind of just, back me and just said, oh, I've seen you play against spin. I know you're a very good player of spin and mm -hmm. I want you to go out there and play. And um, having that support was really helpful at the time and being able to do what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it was really important. I think um, it was a really good lesson. Uh, it's a really good lesson for um, all players. And I try to instill it in the Queensland guys too, that just make sure you're your best coach because at the end of the day, you're the one out in the middle um, and you're the one that's going to be affected whether you score runs or don't score runs or take wickets or don't take wickets. 
And, and how big a part was the reverse sweep in, I guess, maybe learning to, to bat a slightly different way in, in Asia? Uh, yeah, big part. It's all about options. So you know, I can sweep, I can reverse sweep, I can use my feet, um, I can hit over the top. Um, I have plenty of options now in my artillery to use as I want to manipulate the field, um, to put pressure back on the bowler because if you just get stuck without putting pressure back on the bowler, you're really just a sitting duck, um, you know, waiting waiting to get taken off, especially as a left-hander. Um, you know, we deal with more rough than the right-handers do. It's a harder game for us in the South continent. Um, <laughs> sure it is, mate. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to figure out um, ways to be proactive in sport. Um, that's the biggest part of it. And I love, I, when I was younger, I was a bit, you know, my scoring rate would have definitely been lower against spin, but I love playing against spin now. Every time a spinner comes on, I feel like it's an opportunity to score runs and to get the game moving forward. So, um, yeah, that just comes with confidence in being able to do it for a while. And I'm going to get out and get out sweeping. I'm going to get out reverse sweeping. I'm going to get out using my feet. Probably going to get out hitting over the top at some stage, but I don't really second guess myself anymore. Um, I don't really care how I get out whether you get out hitting a nice defensive shot, whether you get hitting, you know, hitting over the top and out and out. Um, you got to stick to your process and I don't, you know, any white noise that may come from outside really hinder how I do things. At the end of the day, it's my career. I'll play it how I think um, is the best for the team at the time and I'll, and I'll always put the team first. And do you think, I mean, you mentioned off off the top there about Red Bull cricket maybe cha- have changed the least over the last few years. I remember when Glenn Maxwell went to the UAE, I think it was maybe 2014 and he got out playing a reverse sweep in a test. People lost their minds. Like they couldn't believe that someone would play a reverse sweep in a test and then when you get out to it, it's, you know, things are magnified. I mean, you you went out in that that innings, you're your 97 the other day, right? Like do you think attitudes have changed um, in terms of how we, how we view how people play the game? Um, yes and no. I think the old people still yeah. – Still don't like the reverse sweep. A better question was is, do you care? No, I don't. <laughs> I just I don't. I mean, I got 97 off, you know, striking at about 70. Um, playing reverse sweeps and sweeps and mm. I enjoy doing it and I know it puts a lot of pressure back on the bowler when I'm doing it well, which is most times. And there are going to be times where I get out. Same when I'm going to get out. I want to get out cover driving the ball too, but no one ever says, oh, why was he cover driving? Um mm. At the end of the day, it's test cricket. Everyone's going to have a lot of opinions. People care. Um, it's the upper echelon of cricket. You have to find a way to um, keep the distractions at bay. It's pretty easy for me. I just don't even pay attention to it. Um, pay attention to people around me, um, coach, captain, players. Other than that, the rest doesn't matter. I think I heard um, it might have been Robert Craddock mentioned that when you first started really practising the reverse sweep, I'm not sure if it was after the Sri Lanka tour in in 2016 or, or maybe Bangladesh in 2017 that you found it quite difficult and that going to the nets, the balls were kind of going all over the shop. Is is that something that kind of happened, mate? Yeah, it's the hardest thing um, about trying to learn a new skill and um, even talked about it, talk about it to younger cricketers and like don't be afraid to look stupid to to learn a new skill because it's really hard because you <laughs> you start getting out. I try to reverse sweep and get out like 10 times in a session. You look like an absolute idiot. I'm sure people around you going, what is he doing? But um, you're not going to grow as a player unless you try to push the envelopes a little bit. Um, and that happened that happened for ages, maybe two or three months. It mm-hmm. took me a long time. And then I did it in grade cricket, I remember, and I hit a few in grade cricket, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I did one in, you know, in domestic cricket, and I thought, okay, right, right. And then I finally had the courage to do it. Um, 
you know, in, in test cricket um, at the international level and you work your way up. It takes a long time. It doesn't just happen. And yeah, you got to look silly. And it's really hard as a batsman or even as a bowler, as a player to try to do something and look silly in the nets because people will always look and, and judge you in a lot of ways. So that's probably the hardest thing to overcome. And But once you can do it, once you get past that, um, it can be pretty rewarding. The other thing I want to kind of ask you about and, and you know, maybe being something behind you, your excellent run of form has, has been your fitness. I think you mentioned in 2018 that you'd lost um, you'd lost seven kilos and, and gotten a lot fitter. I think four of your five longest test innings have, have maybe been since then. Um, your, your Karachi innings was your was your longest. Is that um, you know is that not a coincidence that that's happened in the in the last you know three four years? Um, look, yeah, the older I'm getting, I'm very mindful of what I eat and and how I train. I think more than anything, even. Probably two or three years or four years ago when I was doing all that work, I did a lot of running. Mm. Um, I got really fit, lost a lot of weight. Um, I was probably about 72 kilos then. I'm probably back at around 78 now, Mm. Um, which people may say, oh, he's put on weight. But I actually probably found that 72 was too light. I was Mm. doing way too much running. I ended up doing a hamstring injury. Um, because I'm probably negating um, some of my strength work at the time. So it's all about a balance. Um, for me, I try to eat really well now. Uh, I have for a long time. I have to be really disciplined. I don't have the, you know, I don't have a minus love shame metabolism where that guy just chugs down like a garbage disposal and just has a six pack. Um, and there's, but there's other things, you know, I'm really mindful of how I play and how I train. I used to do a lot of straight line running. At, you know, if you, if you ever see training, like a lot of guys do like, um, you know, straight line running for fitness and then high speed running, straight line. I used to do a lot of that. But then when I get to the game, nothing's really in straight line. Fielding's always, always side to side. Batting is up and down, um, turning. Um, and I, I feel really sore. Even after a whole preseason of doing all this work and gym work and running, I'd be like, I'd be really sore. And I realized it was just because it wasn't relevant to what I was doing. So I'm probably more relevant now, more functional in a way of how I train. I do a lot of turning stuff. Um, even when I do fitness work, it incorporates a lot of turning work because majority of my fitness work is, is running between the wickets really. Um, and then funnily enough, um, you know, people see me play a lot of tennis now. I think playing tennis over the last year or so has been one of the best things I've done um, just in terms of movement, um, coming in and out, sprinting, stopping, lateral movement, um, having those muscles work. Uh, I think and since I've been playing a lot of tennis, I love tennis from playing so kid, but since I've been up the ante on it a bit more, um, it actually has helped in terms of how I recover for games. I, I don't really get as sore as I, as I used to, which is bizarre. I'm 35, as old as I've ever been, obviously now, um, but I, probably the least amount of soreness I have even after last game. Um, I'm still feeling pretty good now, and I spent almost every single minute um, you know, out on that field because I batted such a long time, and batted against second innings, and then I was out there again fielding the whole time. Um, and I think the fact that I'm training a lot smarter now, more functional sort of work, touch wood, probably get injured this test, but, um, <laughs> things, things have been feeling really well, um, because I think I'm just training smarter and better now, um, even more so than what I was four years ago where I lost all that weight. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's all about that learning experience. Tell me about your tennis games. Where do you, where do you play them? Who do you play against? Uh, everywhere back home, uh, Renshaw is probably my prime candidate who I like to smack. He still hasn't beat me. Um, 
I beat Marnus out uh, uh, once in uh, Adelaide. We've only played one single game. I smacked Smudge 6 0 last week, but he tries to pretend like his shoulder's sore. So uh, he's always got an excuse. Um, yeah, look, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun playing doubles. I have a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of fun talking about seeds. It's normally goes, Manus reckons it's me, him, Smudge. Smudge reckons, I don't know what Smudge reckons, but he reckons he's better than Manus for sure. Um, there's a lot of fun. I love when Smudge and Manus team together. Yes, honestly, nothing funnier than when those two start playing poorly together. They're at each other. Like, it's literally little brother, big brother. So, um, we had a lot of fun uh, playing tennis. We always have our rackets with us. I bought a couple of rackets here with me. Manus has to um, any opportunity you get, we can try to go and play. That's uh, that's really interesting, uh, and it was interesting as well. Um, uh, the the YouTube page uh, that you've got, you had a, a really great conversation with Peter Bruckner, and you mentioned um, something about changing your diet, or, or he'd um, maybe encourage you to change your diet back in in twenty thirteen during that India tour. Can can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and um, how important that was for your career? Uh, yeah, extremely important in terms of how my body felt, how my joints felt, how I felt after games is is unbelievable. I guess. Yeah, I went through a high fat, low carb sort of diet. I've been, <laughs> I've been great at it in Pakistan because I know yeah. I have, I won't be here very often. So I've been eating the paratas. If anyone know what a parata <laughs> is, like this big roti type meal, but with a little bit of extra oil. My mum makes it at home, so I've been a little bit naughty out here. But I think it's it's it's, it's all right because I've been burning so many calories. So it seems um, to be yeah, working. Usually, I, yeah, yeah. Well, usually in in Australia, uh, my wife can contest this. I'm. I'm very picky, not because I want to be picky. Like I love carbohydrates. I, I love bread. I love rice. I love pasta. I love pizza, but it just doesn't, um, you know, for me personally, it doesn't fit right. Um, you know, I don't get enough out of it. So I, I try to avoid those and eat more sort of fatty foods, uh, meats, um, you know, full fat butter, um, you know, avocados, eggs, um, and try to just avoid to eat too much sugar or carbohydrates. Um, I do eat them when I need them in the game. You know, if the quickest way to get energy is through carbohydrates. I understand that. So when I'm playing, you'll see me eat lollies or bananas. And um, at lunch, I'll have, you know, some rice if I feel like I need it straight away because I'm batting or fielding or whatever. Um, but I'm pretty mindful of what goes in um, into my body. Um, and I guess the older you get, um, the metabolism definitely starts to slow down more and more and you have to be more mindful, um, more disciplined. Um, it sucks. It's, it sucks at times, but um, it's well worth it. Um, when you, you know you can, you know, give yourself the best chance to go out there and bat for you know, 550 minutes, whatever I did in the first innings last game, and then field and then back up again and bat again and then field again for two days. Um, you know, it's the sacrifices you make knowing that it will actually, you know, help you in the long run. And you mentioned before about um, Justin Langer being a big influence in terms of um, your self belief against spin, and I know he was also a um, you know a fitness fitness buff as well. Even um, you know even now, was he a big influence um, for you in both those aspects? Um, not so much the fitness. I think I understand oh. for me. You know, I, I'm quite obvious. I We do a lot of like long distance, middle distance running, 2K time trials. I think they're absolute rubbish. And I have never <laughs> always been quite open about that to the fitness trainers. I just don't see any relevance in them whatsoever in cricket um, for a batsman at least. 
um, you know, running between the wickets, very relevant. Um, I, I do see a relevance in making sure your body composition, um, you know, is as best as what you, you know, can have at where you want to be. Um, you know, if you're carrying extra weight around, it's definitely going to be harder for you. It's going to be harder for your body, harder for your joints. Um, so I definitely, you know, that's why I try to stay pretty, um, you know, consistent on what I'm eating and keeping my body composition um, to the best that I can keep it. And then uh, after that, I guess with JL, um, you know, so I've always been mindful of that side, but definitely, um, you know, he gave me a lot of backing, um, yeah, gave me an opportunity to come back into the one day team. He said, look, I just want you to improve your fitness and you know, do this and do that. It was almost like, you know, I had a goal in sight, um, got back in the one day team, um, had, a, had a really good um, one day, you know, a couple, a couple of years for Australia. Um, you know, even in playing, he just backed me in Dubai, playing in subcontinent condition, which I never really had before, if I'm being totally honest. And um, all that helps. And, yes, I was a better player um, at the time when I came back, in, you know, into the side and playing Asia and Dubai and whatnot. But at the same time, it, it just helps you that little bit more, knowing that you have the backing that, you know, you're not going to just play a test or two and then get dropped, mm. um, which is really important. You've had, I think, six different national team coaches now. What kind of coach does the team need going forward? Um, to be honest, I think what um, Andrew McDonald's doing right now is, uh, has been great, has been perfect, has been what the team needs. Um, he's sort of taken all, you know, I guess all the things that happen in Australian cricket and all the nitty-gritty or even some sometimes the box ticking and um, it's just really simplified it, put the onus back on the players. I mean, he knows, he trusts the players, which is really important. Um, I think the fa- it felt the same way when I came back. Um, you know, when JL was coaching at the Ashes, I just came back into the Ashes when JL was coaching and I felt it was a much more relaxed atmosphere. Um, There's a lot of onus in the players, even the way we warm up in the morning, um, it's not as structured. Um, it's left to the players to be, you know, to do it themselves, which which I love. Um, you know, the fact that you've been treated like adults, and you know, you're putting they're putting onus on you, and knowing that that's you know the best way to get what's out of the players at this level, at the Australian level, everyone's been through it, done it. Um, we're all very competitive. We all you know want to do the best for um, the team. Um, we'll put a hundred percent in every time. We won't take shortcuts. You just can't. You can't get to the top level. You can't play for Australia if you do that. Um, and I think it's been really, you know, a breath of fresh air over the last since I've been back over the last six months. Um, to see that coming down, you know, obviously from JL and now to Andrew McDonald, the way that the team's been run because I've been through it a long time. You know, mm. uh, I've been as you said, six coaches. I've I've been there. I've seen it all, um, all the way from you know, uh, it Vin, um, all the way now to. Sorry, Tim, Tim Nielsen, if people don't know who Vin is, Tim Nielsen, <laughs> all the way through Mickey Arthur, um, Darren Lehman. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm really – I've enjoyed being around the Australian cricket team right now more than I ever have in my career, aside from take take the runs out of it, even when I was doing 12th man um, at the start of you know the Ashes, um, I could just see the change in the Australian cricket team and – you know, whether that's been filtered down from JL to Pat um, um, to assistant coach Andrew McDonald, Michael Divinuto, someone behind the scenes who gets left out a lot. Um, to give a shout out to Diva because 
he's an unbelievably exceptional batting coach. I think he understands the different personalities of players, especially batsmen. I know all the batsmen love him. Uh, we were all devastated when he left, um, you know, in 2015, 16 to go to Surrey, but to have him back, he's massive for the batting group. And it's no, I, I think it's no surprise that the batting group was batting unbelievably well back in 2015 when he was around and they're still batting. And since he's been back, the batting group in pretty much all forms has been unbelievable um, under Michael Divinuto. So I think a lot of credit has to go to him, but you know, he's the guy behind the scenes. He, he just stays quiet, does his role and doesn't get talked about much. So um, I think the processes are all right um, at the moment. I've really enjoyed playing cricket for Australia for that reason. I've got to ask then how much longer you got left in you? Uh, plenty of time. I don't know. Uh, as long as I'm enjoying it, uh, as long as I'm, you know, body's touch wood, feeling good, which it is at the moment, feeling great. I, it's funny, my mind, I still think I'm 21. <laughs> um, it's, it's just funny how the mind doesn't really grow, but I guess, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm feeling great right now. Things are going really well. Um, there's no finish line in sight for me. It's just about enjoying cricket. Um, I literally do not take it. You know, if you ask me what time, when we're flying back to Australia, I would not know. If you ask me when the next test match is on, I probably don't know. I don't know the date. Um, my wife, Rachel, always laughs at me for that because people ask me, oh, when are you leaving for this place? I'm like, I don't know. Because I literally do not look too far ahead. I don't need to um, live in the moment, uh, be very mindful of where I am right now, um, what are happening right now in my life. So um, things at the moment are going really well. I know they can change. I've been through both ends of the ringer, good and bad. Uh, it's probably why I don't like to think too far ahead. So for me, I'm really enjoying everything right now. I'll continue to do that as long as I can. I was going to say that uh, your hero, LeBron James, is, um, I mean, he's a couple of years on, on and he's still uh, still going strong, but I think he wants to keep playing until his, um, his, his son's in the NBA or something. So he might be looking further ahead than you. I mean, I might have to wait a bit of time before <laughs> Aisha's starts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look... Uh, Maybe mixed doubles you could play with her. Yeah, well, I'd love to. I've already got the racket in her hand. Uh, you know, got a tennis court in our backyard. So she watches me play. And then every time tennis is on TV, she goes, Dada. So she already associates tennis with me, not even cricket. So, uh, yeah, look, I'll definitely be putting some sporting equipment in her hand and hopefully she can uh, pick a sport that she likes. Hopefully she does play sport because uh, that would make her dad very happy. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very smart. And it's... Um and it's lovely to see. Really appreciate your time as uh, as always, Usman. Good luck in the third test. All right. Thanks, Louis. Cheers, man. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.